You're gonna scream and shout it. TV2. Just sit back and relax. It's your favorite 90s cartoon podcast. TV2. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to TV Tunes. What's up, bitches? There it is. That's my new catchphrase. Yeah, we've been going with it, and it's pretty, it it's pretty great. It's very new. <laughs> Shut yeah, up. He created it. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome back. We're doing another week uh, this week with Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Classics. You know them, you love them, but also, do you know them? Because I, no. watching these, was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what these cartoons are, huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, our guest is a dear, dear uh, work friend of mine. Oh my <laughs> Isn't that awful? It breaks my oh heart my God. every time. So much uh, distance. <laughs> she's a writer. She's an author. She's an internet sensation. She's <laughs> at, one a, point, at yeah. one point. Uh, she's a lovely friend, a work yes. friend. Dang it. I was Nailed so it. close on that one. Nailed uh, it. Marina Schifrin, hi. 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 Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was really excited. I uh, I love that when I asked you to do this, you immediately knew what cartoons you wanted to do. You were like, yeah, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was interesting. It's like the only thing I have in my bank of cartoons. And I, when we were talking about it, because so my family moved to the U.S. in the early 90s when a lot of Jewish Russian people were leaving the Soviet Union. And so I kind of came at a time when... Um, you know, there's great TV going on, but mm -hmm. I have a weird relationship with TV because my parents used it to learn English. So I was watching like a lot of Murphy Brown, Night Court, <laughs> Cheers. At at what age? At like <laughs> between three to, you know, seven. Yeah. Listen, I was doing the same thing and I was raised by immigrants, but you know, I was born here. So it's, yeah, yeah I learned English as where, a second language too. <laughs> where are your parents from? Greece. Oh, yeah. cool. Were mm -hmm. they also refugees? Um, no, uh, they were just regular Greeks who just went to Toronto and then migrated down to Chicago, oh, like I most see. Greeks. Yeah. Um, were yours? No. Okay. Chicago connection, Wait. though, guys. Oh, really? You're from Chicago? Yeah, well, oh, okay. outside of Chicago. For yeah, those no, of you listening. the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't want your fans to get angry at me. Um, uh, they're only Chicago yeah. <laughs> Chicagoans who are well, just like, fuck my, you. My parents were refugees, but it was like, I always say it's like very not interesting refugees. Like, they basically had a form, and it was like, did you feel oppressed in your country? My parents were like, yeah, it was yeah. communist, this, you know, Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. But their lives were never in danger, just inconvenienced. Mm -hmm. um, but I just met a, a Greek girl this week and she was saying like, she was like, yeah, I mean, obviously my mom's also a refugee from Greece. And I was like, oh, I didn't, what? I didn't know that was an obvious. Mm. What's her name? <laughs> Malika. Shout oh, out. Okay. Hey, Malika. Shout out to Malika. Oh, shout out. Um, from Wisconsin. Wait, really quick. What part of this? Uh, I'm from Northbrook. Oh, okay. I'm from Highland Park and went oh, okay. to Deerfield High School. Oh, okay. I went to um, Glenbrook North. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're yeah. rivals. We are yeah, not we really. Yeah, we are actually. No. Oh, we're not? <laughs> I don't remember. We're rivals with Highland Park. How are you? Riveting <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Riveting stuff. Very specific to Chicago. Great, uh, great mall in Northbrook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still there, the slowly dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. That's like the mall in Mean Girls where they hang out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They mm -hmm. go North Record. Okay, moving on. But so, so when David was talking about the cartoons thing like uh -huh. the only thing i i remember distinctly watching as a kid was tom and jerry mm -hmm. which ironically you couldn't learn much english from because no. they're <laughs> yeah. predominantly just music and sound effects yeah i rewatched today of the five episodes that um we were talking about and i was really fascinated with the fact that there's no um 
words. Yeah, basically. that surprised like, me there's too. There's no script. So I was wondering, do you guys know if there's anything out there like that now? I feel like everyone's so overstimulated and so are kids. Yeah, um, not too much. We, yeah. There are like random episodes that we've talked about. Um, like there's a new short from uh, the new Mickey Mouse cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Mickey loses his ears and he can't hear anything. Oh my gosh. So there's no dialogue. That so. does sound like a throwback to this yeah. era yeah. of yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that there are still like shorts being made that uh, rely more on music than dialogue. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like shows that kids watch regularly, I don't think there's much. Oh, all of Pixar shorts. Pixar shorts for yeah. the most part. They're yeah. all silent. Right. Uh, so there's like now prestige shorts that like. It's so strange. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, they need to get back to it. I say I, so. I did notice I was kind of taking talking point notes while I was watching these, and in one of them I was taking notes, and then something happened, so I skipped back to watch it happen, and I realized I'd missed so many gags. I mean, obviously, because it's all visual. Yeah. yeah. But the amount of like subtle jokes they can fit in is yeah. just incredible. Yeah. I had to do that too. I would randomly flip back to like check something on Facebook or something like that. And I'd have to go, Oh shit. Okay. I need to rewind yeah. like 30 seconds to make sure I get all of this. Yeah. Couldn't check Facebook with these were theatrical release. Uh, yeah. You had to actually focus. It was hard. Yeah. In my day, <laughs> no. uh, you yeah. really had to watch cartoons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. I was did this like bring you back? Did you like remember them? Or yeah, did you... it was weird. Like mm-hmm. the music is yeah. so specific to. I mean, it's just very orchestral. Yes. Is that mm-hmm. a word? That yeah. is a word. Great. It sounds very you're smart when I use it and very dumb when I immediately... Just want to let everyone know that you're an author. <laughs> yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> you um, learned that word on Murphy Brown, right? Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. Perfect. Um, my parents would only let me watch half the episodes. So. <laughs> oh, no. um, but it was weird, and I remember specifically, and I actually called my dad to make sure I wasn't fabricating these memories because I, ha- I can't remember anything before fifth grade in Whoa. detail really Whoa. do you have I know people got, who are I've like I've got that kind of thing too yeah. I can't yeah. remember like specifics I know my what you mind mean. just throws away things and I especially now that I have friends who've known me since fourth or fifth grade and they'll mm-hmm. be like oh remember that teacher that taught you know Sign, we had sign language in fifth grade which is very cool and oh, why like, didn't I get that I don't remember anyone I don't remember I remember my fifth grade teacher but not anyone around yeah, I don't remember a lot of specifics either. It's, yeah. It's Maybe scary. there's too much pain back then. Maybe. <laughs> too much, yeah. Yeah. But I was watching the episodes, and I remembered this very odd memory. I, the, my family moved when I was 11, and so I remember watching it in that first house when I was really young, so probably around six. Um, and my brother was born when I was eight, so... I know that this was before <laughs> that. And I remember um, we had this rug, and I was picking at the rug because it had this huge stain. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's from a pumpkin that was had <laughs> a rot into the carpet, and we just oh, like God. never could clean it up. I'm like, that's such an oddly specific memory. So I called my dad, and I was like, mm-hmm. did we have a pumpkin that 
got rotten on the carpet in the den and he's like oh yeah yeah we definitely did and I'm like it's so weird and I was like did we buy it for Halloween and he was like yeah we did and I feel like it's my parents like in Russia they probably didn't have pumpkins and they didn't know that mm-hmm. you can't just like leave them in there forever on a, on a carpet yeah, yeah. It's like well we're Americans now so what we do is put pumpkins in front yes. of the television yeah. as an offering yeah it wasn't carved or anything take that Murphy Brown take yeah. your offering yeah. so I, was re- I do remember like especially the the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. what is it? Um, Mouse. Mr. Mr. Mouse. Mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember the plot line of the episode, but mm-hmm. also they do follow very intelligent plot lines. Um, mm-hmm. So you you kind of as a writer know where it's going to go and how it's going to heighten and um, mm-hmm. it was really interesting and I assigned like a theme to each episode. Ooh, yeah. let's get into it. Let's start yes. with Doctor Jekyll and Mr. Mouse. Um, so that one I assigned the theme of addiction. What? Because ah. you have them. So basically, for those who didn't see it, they have. Um, Jerry steals some milk from the front porch. It's very charming, mm-hmm. um, and he starts drinking it. And and or no, Tom steals it. Tom is the cat. Tom yes. is the cat. Tom cat. Tom cat. Right, right. Originally, oh, I didn't even think of that. Originally named Jasper in the very first cartoon, it was Jasper and Jerry. Fuck that name. And I heard. I read that. I heard. <laughs> I heard that in the forties. Uh, yeah, so they're talking. <laughs> this is classic water cooler talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just happened to hear it this week. Uh, that. <laughs> Jerry was Jinx originally. Oh, Jasper and Jinx. Yeah. Jasper and Jinx. And I was, I when I was looking up information about Jerry, I forgot. I wanted to find out something about Jerry, and uh, a lot of people were asking if Jerry was a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, because of his eyelashes. Yeah. Same with Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird's supposed to be a little boy. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. But it, it, was there a definitive answer on Jerry? I think they're supposed to be dudes because they're because yeah. they're both dude names. I always well, thought Tweety was a boy too. Like I never got that. I knew a female Jerry spelled the same way. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you're but her parents were big Tom and Jerry fans. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> it would be odd though if Jerry was a woman, considering it was made in the 1940s, and they're just mm-hmm. beating the crap out of each yeah. other all the yeah. time. Yeah. Um. So, but. So addiction. Addiction. Yeah. Mm. So. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Tom got the milk, and then Jerry's trying to steal it, and you know they're going back and forth. Which I thought mm-hmm. was funny because I was like, sure, I guess in this world, mice are all about milk. Right. Or, yeah. And, but I also, <laughs> aren't cats lactose intolerant? Yeah, but they love milk. Like, I yeah. grew up with cats all along, and they always loved milk. They can't, they can't. We, <laughs> we, would force them, we would force them to have milk. Oh, my uh, God. Right. No, no. Like, I was like, this is a new like, wait, no, episode. Like, we wouldn't, I mean, it's, I feel like that's one of the, like, common assumptions or common, like, things yeah, with cats is they like milk. They I like mean, they drink it from a their. saucer of milk. Well, they yeah. drink milk from their parents or from but their that's mom. That's different milk. Not both parents. Than cow milk. Yeah. Look, there's not going to be much logic in these. Uh... <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, because uh, the next part of it is he poisons yeah. it with a bunch of stuff. And I, I remember him poisoning it. But mm-hmm. I assume, because you looked up the most popular episode, so I assume that one must have been replaying all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, was one I remember, too. I, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Was that a it, cat? It sounds a little cartoony. <laughs> yeah. It's a cat in my bag. Um, I'm, like, really... 
I got really confused and thought we had a cat for a second yeah. uh, in my own apartment. Neighbors. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's not me. Oh, yeah. I could totally lie. That's not yeah. my phone going off. Cool. Thanks. Um, that's Jinx that lives upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it's weird because I was saying, you know, this is bringing me back to the 90s, the late 90s. And it's just I have, you know, I remember this rug I haven't thought about in forever. And I remember the music. And, yeah, I really don't remember a lot of stuff from before my brother was born. But then I realized these are from the 40s. It's yeah. so weird yeah. that something in the 40s is bringing me back to the 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And they, I mean, you know, people always talk about how stuff holds up. Mm-hmm. And it holds up to your childhood. But it's so strange because the only time I thought it dated itself was there was a um, lawnmower in one of the yeah. cartoons, and they had the, like, circular one. That's true. Yeah. I'll bet kids look at that now and are like, what, what the is that? Is yeah. That? So low tech. Um, but, oh, yeah. So then I, when I, they kept going back to the milk, oh, and Tom poisons it, and it makes Jerry stronger, and then yeah. he keeps losing his strength and then going back to the milk mm-hmm. and then gaining his strength again and beating up. Tom, it just felt very much like I feel better on this milk, <laughs> even though it's filled with poison and it's putting poison in my body. Um, so and he needs to go back to it. You need, yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah. Guys, we have shaky. an opioid problem in this country right now. It's true. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really. I loved. Yeah, this was another one that I remembered from my childhood. I'm just like they had to have been playing this one. All five of these, they played like on a loop over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I just love the back and forth, and I loved. I always love it when uh, Jerry gets strong and he just like puffs up his chest and like, just like goes and beats the shit out of Tom. It's so enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fulfilling. It's a good uh, because I feel like the, I feel like the cliche thing about Tom and Jerry is like we get it. It's the same every time. Like he's never gonna catch him. It's yeah. just like a string of gags of him trying to catch this mouse. But I think that this one is a good uh, way to sort of like showcase how they were able to play with other things within that formula. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like this is the one where he hulks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because of medicine or addiction <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it's sort of like, I see it more as like it gave them a cool sandbox to play in with the mm-hmm. premise of cat chasing mouse. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting just working in in writers' rooms and like we, I mean, we come from kind of late night comedy, so there is kind of a more, I don't want to say cynical, but it's just a darker, mm-hmm. a darker humor that's in that room. So you mm-hmm. assume that in a room like Tom and Jerry's, you think like, oh, it's for children, and and everyone knows there's this like dark underpinning for children kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of see a little bit of their adult issues come out through these cartoons yeah and i'm really interested to see because you know in the first one as i was watching it and obviously i'm watching it with this critical eye and i want to bring good notes to this podcast (laughs) and so i'm like fucking better i know i'm trying so hard but i was like this one's addiction but then with the other ones it was so easy to assign a theme to all of them and Mm -hmm. and i could i just can imagine these um writers coming in and and telling a story from like oh I went to the store or like you know my friend uh, has cirrhosis of the liver <laughs> how can we so I have to poison him later yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't yeah know. I also think that back when these came out uh, the line was more blurry for like uh, who cartoons were for because they mm-hmm. would play 
a lot of the time before feature films that weren't necessarily for children. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so, so like they were just sort of supposed to appeal to all, and I think that's why they weren't like super adult oriented, mm-hmm. but also like not 100% for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense with Looney Tunes from what yeah, we did last week because they were straight up like almost murder exactly. in a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. This is around uh, the same uh, time as Looney Tunes. I actually think it's interesting that you brought up the clear heightening because we just did an episode on Looney Tunes and like classic Chuck Jones uh, mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny cartoons and like that heightening feels very clear to me and like very measured yeah. how they up it each time. It's, it's a little murkier in these cartoons for me. Yeah. yeah. Like I... Watching a handful of them, I was like, they sort of just end arbitrarily. Like, it's kind of, sometimes I'm yeah. sort of like, really, that's the gag you chose to end on? Right. Yeah. Like, all they have to do is, like, look into camera and be like, <laughs> There is one where Jerry shrugs. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess this He's is like, the we end. We tried, folks. <laughs> well, we had five minutes. Yeah. Great. Uh, no, but we got that last week with Looney Tunes, too, because they're like, they had random buttons, too, where it's just mm-hmm. like somebody doing a random line impersonating somebody from like the 40s That's true. they would get pretty ran but i do feel like they would heighten to such a degree where they'd be like we've fully explored yeah. this like there's nowhere else we could take it the cartoon has to end here yeah. you know what i mean yeah this is a little Ooh, sorry microphone i just hit you in the face <laughs> this is a little uh a little more all over the place yeah, I yeah. Think. there is i mean there's a specific episode and not to jump around. Jump around. Okay, jump, jump. Uh, <laughs> Ninety. But I think um, I think Heavenly Puss was my favorite, and that's like Ooh, very yeah. obviously religion. Mm-hmm. If you had to assign a theme, but as I'm watching it, you know, first of all, there's so much going on. There's, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you have similar notes. Let's de- let's really dig yeah. into this one. We're jumping this to this one. This yeah. one's fucking crazy. Because <laughs> I thought of this one too when you were talking about clear heightening. Yeah, this is the one I was thinking about with the. It, it was like probably the I would say the best plot. Yeah. And it had the stakes established. Yeah. It also was the only one of the five we chose that had um, actual speaking parts. Yes. Yeah. That Louis Armstrong. <laughs> they is rip it? off of Louis Armstrong. Oh, no, that's what like, he's doing. It, it I is, did not yeah. pick up Just on that. Just a gravelly voice. Yeah. That would be insane if Louis Armstrong was like, yeah, I'll do five dialogues <laughs> yeah. as, as Heaven Cat. <laughs> Only um, I get to be Spike. <laughs> I can say Peter, but mostly just like a train. Uh, yeah, yeah, conductor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I... Um, before we do skip into this one, yes. one of my favorite gags was from the kitty foiled one, where basically it's Jerry and and the house bird that's there yeah. for the episode There's that looks bird. like Tweety the Bird. team up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. work together to fight off Tom. And a lot of handshaking going on, which I thought, David, you would like. I uh, love it. It was so, like... Uh, yeah, it was great. It, it was like one of David's favorite gags at work was to shake people's hands for far too long <laughs> and too frivol- frivolously. Friv- yeah. Frivolously. Um, I've seen him do that yeah. in real life. Yeah. But I was watching it and I was like getting into the psyche of David because I was like, <laughs> David is a cartoon and this is where it comes from. 100% yeah. I have told it's him like that before. The, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because there's little to no dialogue, they have to uh, pick really strong like physicality yeah. to depict things like that and so it's like just like these beaming smiles and firm handshakes right. <laughs> that's yeah. the fucking cutest <laughs> and so my favorite part of that um, little episode that's so demeaning that little little sketch they made <laughs> uh. 
but it's when the bird gets a hold of a revolver. So it gets like, I have my yeah. notes. I just goes to all caps and is like, does he have a gun? Is someone <laughs> going to get shot? And I think that's kind of the stereotype is like, you know, I was watching it and my fiance was playing video games and he heard the music and he was like, oh, like, I know what this is. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, those cartoons are dark. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I think, too, is like watching it back. I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll pick up on the darkness of it. <laughs> and when the gun came in, I was like, this is the darkness. But it doesn't. They don't obviously shoot him. My yeah. favorite, favorite part is when he's going to shoot him and they're both like kind of quivering from fear mm-hmm. and the bird drops, drops the gun, gun yeah, and then he hands Tom it back picks to him. it up and gives it back to him and they go back to, and it's like, I'm sure that killed in the writer's room. Insane, yeah. yes. It's just so funny and it's yeah. so unexpected and it's like, it, I don't, that's such a good visual joke that yeah. is so smart. And I, I think that was my favorite joke of all of the five episodes. We that saw. was pretty great. That I, I agree that that moment is fascinating to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if it were in a Looney Tunes cartoon, we, we wouldn't bat an eye at it because that Looney Tunes is always like very aware of the audience and, and gets like pretty meta pretty regularly. But Tom and Jerry are like very, they're a little more like emotionally uh, invested in like in these cartoons than your average like cartoon character. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like to see Tom like kind of break that and be like, oh, you drop here, yeah, Yeah. is so crazy to me. I'm scared too. Here, just yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. No, like comparing this to Looney Tunes a little bit because I couldn't help it. Yeah, Um, I was just like. this is a different kind of violence. <laughs> um, like trying to nitpick it, I'm just like, okay, Looney Tunes had a bunch of like weapons being like thrown at uh, Sylvester and um, Porky yeah. last week yeah. when we were watching it, and this one was just like the violence is so much more like damaging. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it well, like, don't they knock his teeth out? I was yeah, about to bring that up. I wrote like, that down hurts, multiple times. Yeah. It hurts me to watch Shattering yeah. teeth. I instantly yeah. was like, shattering do you know teeth? what dental insurance goes for? Like, oh, yeah. I was like, that means I'm an adult watching these, obviously. But, but yeah, everybody had horrible teeth back then. Let's yeah, that's true. That's I wrote true. I wrote in all caps, fuck, that bird has a gun now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I wrote down, help with gun hostage. Yeah. Uh, I was sleepy during this. Right. Um, uh, well, and right before that, is also a very funny moment where Jerry dresses up as an Indian. Oh yeah, why? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I but I also and had the baby on his back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and they fool Tom. He's just yeah. like, "Have a nice day." And then yeah. he's like, "Wait a second. Wait a well, second. Yeah. Well, I think with cartoons from that time, they're just like, okay, what stereotype can we jump into right now to yeah. help get us out of this yeah. situation? Uh, which, yeah, it's not great. But and again. Not to keep comparing it to Looney Tunes, but like Let's if this was if this was a Bugs Bunny cartoon and that was one of the first beats, then the heightening would just be like more and more ridiculous costumes that yeah. that he wears to get out of this. Mm-hmm. But instead they're like, Oh, also there's gonna be a gun and like you yeah. don't fucking know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. This one actually I said like, oh, it was so easy to assign a word to all of them. I signed teamwork, but I think with like with the addiction one, it it just felt a lot clearer than team teamwork was I was just like, there's another person helping yeah. Jerry, so it must be teamwork. But it, I didn't mm-hmm. get as much of a payoff of like 
you know, they did win in the end. The opening yeah. shot of the bird, like watching the chase in horror, and freaking out, and yeah, freaking out was awesome to me because I was like, oh my god, that bird cares so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was interesting. Again, it feels like the emotion of these characters and like them reacting in a slightly more grounded way is what makes these cartoons different from mm-hmm. others of the time. Mm-hmm. I also like being dropped into a middle of a chase because yeah. you're just like. I, I don't know. It feels like cartoons kind of start at the beginning. And yeah. this one, you're like, oh, I get a sneak peek of their day. And of course, yeah. they're mm-hmm. just going back and forth. I also love the joke where they had um, Jerry's heart beating out of his chest. Yeah. It was like on the left side. And he pushed and it in his... and went on the right <laughs> side. And then with the bird, he like pushed in his heart beating out of the chest. It came out his butt. Came out yeah. his butt. That was like a very <laughs> juvenile. That, when yeah. that happened, I was, was like, great. I remember this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, as a kid, thought this was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> his heart comes out of his butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. But so, so I guess we didn't really skip forward to the Heavenly Puss one. It's but okay. Let's do it. We'll get back it. to it. Fucking, I got yeah. a question for this one. Um, to make sure that I watch the right one, because you said a train conductor? Yeah. Um, what happened in this episode when you watched it? Oh, did we watch different episodes? I may have places? ended up watching something, I don't a know. Porno? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, was Tom uh, naked? From there the was straight up fucking in this one. No, you <laughs> saw that one, right? I think you watched a cartoon, man. Uh, yeah, I think you got the wrong well, one. Well, I was really tired last night. <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> what happened in this episode? Because the... I saw it was Spike trying to build a doghouse. Oh, you no. watched the wrong Yeah, you watched something else. Holy shit. What? Oh, well, let me tell so you what Spike happened. is yeah. in this one too. Spike is he the is. devil in this one. What? Yeah, yeah, dude. You guys go at it. All right. Okay. <laughs> you guys tell me about this episode. Okay, so uh, it opens with this classic chase. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like pretty quickly Tom straight up gets killed. He gets hit by a piano. piano flattens him. Flattens him and he falls. But unlike every other day where he'd probably just like walk up as a little flattened cat. But he's yeah. got nine lives. Uh, <laughs> well, he's used him up. I actually was surprised they didn't do more nine lives gags. Yeah. When they didn't really address it. Yeah. Oh. Um, they know it's fair. A golden yeah. escalator appears and you see his soul leave his body and go up it. And he's like looking around pretty confused as he travels like an insane distance <laughs> through the clouds. And then they have a lot of fucking dark gags. I, yeah. Where I feel like there's a big one. Yeah. This, uh, this St. Peter pseudo cat. Cause like he, he, he needs to make it. Uh, in time to get on a train that's going to take him to heaven. It's like this beautiful gold train. Mm-hmm. And so the conductor is like basically checking people in at, and, at a front gate. Yeah, and he this is where he the uh, speech comes in, the words. The, yeah. I, I don't know how yeah, to say it, it eloquently. Like, it blew my mind to hear dialogue yeah. in this cartoon. And they're all cats. They're all cats. Okay. And so one of the visual gags that I missed that was very funny um, was he was like, you know, he's like, oh, uh, Bob. He goes, you just didn't see that train. What was it, a train or a steamroller? He goes, you didn't see that steamroller. And Bob like shakes his head no, and he's like, okay, go on through. And as he walks through, you see he's flattened. (laughs) So it's like a very funny little reveal. Mm -hmm. And then the reason I missed that was because as I'm taking notes, um, he goes, wait, I have it written down. He goes, fluff, muff, and puff. And you hear squish, 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 squish. And he looks down, and it's a bag. And the bag comes undone, and three little kittens come out. Three drowned kittens. Somebody, oh and he God! Goes, the things. What does he say? It, yeah, it, it's something like the things humans will do, or something. But it, like, he said it weird, like. 
what did the I miss? Yeah, dude. Won't do. Yeah. It was weird. Like he said, like won't do, like as in keep the kittens. It was like yeah. a weird turn. But it, I remember it was so devastating. It, it's that dark the, as fuck. Holy shit. Yeah. And it starts like the first cat you see starts like real goofy and dumb. So he had like his hand in a sling. Yeah, uh-huh. and he like had his tongue sticking out, and he was wearing like a silly hat. Yeah. And you were like, "Oh, you were sticking on a fence, you dumb dumb." Yeah. And he's like, "Boo!" And then it's like, <laughs> "Look at these drone kittens." kittens. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus it's, Christ! It's crazy. It's so sad. Um, I feel like the reason there's dialogue is because like you need to get this premise out clearly, where he's mm-hmm. like, uh. Uh, oh God! I wrote well, it maybe down. also live animals can't talk because they're animals, says, and when they're dead, you can actually understand them. Oh, maybe. Maybe he says your whole life was spent persecuting an innocent little mouse, so like that's why he can't get into heaven. Yeah, that and makes so sense. So it's like if you have him sign this formal apology, <laughs> you have an hour. You have an hour before the train leaves. Go back down there, get him to sign it. And I looked at the time. This was three minutes into a seven-minute. Cartoon, so like they really take a lot of time to set that premise up, and then they're like, "But hurry, there's not much of this cartoon left (laughs) to do what you got." Yeah, it it was interesting how the having the cat speak and having him give the stakes of the episode made it such a good episode. Because then I'm like, "Oh, maybe they should have tried to add a little bit of that to the other ones." But the other ones are great too. Yeah. But so right when he says that and he goes down. I mean, obviously, there's the rule of threes in creation Mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, the three-act structure and all that kind of stuff. So I assumed that there would be three times that he tries to get Jerry to sign this. Um, But I was also thinking of Judaism, where you, like, have to ask three times before you get accepted. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Of Jews? uh, Yes. Have you heard of uh, the Jewish people? (laughs) But basically, I'm from northern Chicago. Of course, I understand Jewish people. Um, I mean, I'm a little shaky on, you know, the specifics. Maybe, you know, David uh, Cantorowitz. What's that that supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm pretty, I mean, I know that if you're trying to convert into Judaism, you're supposed to ask three times and they deny you twice. And then on the third time. That seems rude. It seems very it rude. Yeah, well, you know, it's a bunch I, of wild. Because I would, I would be denied the first time, and I'd just like, <laughs> okay. But that means you're not serious about it. Yeah. Or you're um, just, come on, yeah. they're being dicks about it. It's just like, no, you can't do it. It's just I like, maybe, uh, I don't know. No, you yeah. can't. And then the third time, they're like, all right, like, you can come right. It's, it's like a... It, I think it makes sense. They value persistence. Right. Well, it makes sense at a base <laughs> level, but now when everyone knows it's, I would like up it to six times. You know what I yeah. mean? So pe- mm-hmm. Or change around how many times so people aren't like, I just need to go twice, then I'm, That's I'm so funny. in. This Wait, that doesn't happen with Jewish dating, right? You don't have to like ask three times before you actually accept a date. Oh... Neither of us are dating Jewish people. Nope. Or Good for Sorry, you guys. tribe. <laughs> Good for you guys. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but I, d- I mean, I See, obviously was looking for those connections. But it yeah. does feel like they, I wonder, they didn't have to have him do it three times. No. Um, I love, How many times did he do it? Three. I love he did? that okay. Jerry. And he got the signature on the third time. But he missed a train. I love that Jerry of understands course. the stakes. Um, and. 
and is still like, no, man, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Just like those rabbis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys, I tried to convert to Judaism. <laughs> I didn't know about the three thing, uh, the three times, and well, now I'm devastated because I've been Christian. You should have watched more Tom and Jerry before uh, you asked. I only um, watched half this episode. <laughs> oh, that's true. When he tears up, when uh, Jerry tears up the contract, for some reason I laughed out loud. He tears it up, <laughs> then like snaps and points at him, and I was like, weird yeah. physicality. Yeah. Just like take that. You got it. Um, I need to watch this. He just sort of like shrugs and sighs, and he's like, very well, I'll save you from hell by signing this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then it's too late, and I like legit got worried, and then it was a fucking classic, it was all a dream switcheroo, and I was like, son of a bitch! I figured it was was all a dream. But... I mean, at that, it was the 1940s. So, you know what I mean? That wasn't hacky yet. Right. They might have been the first to ever create that premise. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank God. Those kittens are still alive, right? Uh, Oh. Maybe. That's a good question. So, they are still alive, but in Jerry's head and Tom's head. Tom dreamt of drowned kittens. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fucked up. And again, Uh, uh, sort of going back to what I was saying before, this is a good example of like. This is still a cartoon about a cat chasing a mouse, but in that sandbox, they're able to do like really wacky shit. Yeah. Like, this is straight up a like afterlife parable. Is everything okay in your apartment? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, think my, I think my apartment has indigestion. <laughs> for, for the audience listening at home, just imagine that there's a cat and mouse chasing <laughs> each other around it every time you it's hear what's a happening. weird sound effect. That's... It sounded like your apartment. It's your apartment's stomach growled, though. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> I heard. I just heard one of the walls say, feed, <laughs> feed me. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can I tell you about the episode that I saw? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What did you watch? Uh, hold on. So Spike was in yours, too? Oh, yeah. So this Spike one? was, the, was devil. the devil. Okay. He's like, this is what you have waiting for you if you don't okay. get the signatures. Okay. And he also, like, uh, speaking of, like, rules of three... Three in three different ways, he basically was like, "Come to hell." He was like, <laughs> "He was like, I'll take him. Yeah. Come on down. I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so in my episode, it's Spike just having a normal afternoon, and this is where I found out that Tom and Jerry are just dicks, just complete dicks, because Spike is just trying to build a doghouse that he can live in and enjoy his life. And just relax. And Tom and Jerry just run up, and they're just chasing each other and destroy his house every single time, over and over again. Classic heightening for it, too. But what made me think about um, the classic heightening was in this one, uh, Spike just gets so annoyed with it and just expects it to happen that he starts building his house inside of a tree, like on on a branch on Uh a tree. He just finally finishes it. And he just looks down, and Jerry runs up the tree, and Tom starts hacking at the thing with an axe. And it just cuts back to Spike, who's just, like, sitting there on the branch, just, like, leaning on his hand, just like, motherfucker, I knew it was going to (laughs) happen. Why did I even try? Yeah. Uh, And it ends with, it's just that over and over again, and it ends with um, Spike and Jerry forcing Tom to build the house. (laughs) Uh, And... Spike is whipping him oh my God. With, oh my God. with a whip as like Tom is just like using his foot for like hammering nails, uh, one hand to like paint the thing and the other one to like saw like the board so it like fits. Damn. Um, I wonder if if the writers had a goal of having one be better than the other, or I wonder if when the these were out because I I think I 
I told David this, but we, my dad had this mouse that he kept in his car as a good luck charm when I named him Jerry. And at first I thought that I'd gotten him the mouse. So I was like, oh, I must have just loved Jerry way more than Tom. But then my dad told me, so in Russia, it's normal to have good luck charms in your car. And so when he bought a car, his friends had given him this like, it's a weird multicolored mouse with felt ears. And it's, you know, <laughs> I would say, how big is this? Three inches. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. that big. And he put it in the rear view mirror, stuffed it up there. And so I was telling, and my dad said he had gotten it in Russia and Interestingly enough, we did not bring that much stuff when we immigrated, obviously, because you can't bring a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the on the way over, I always say this is like a big family tragedy, but two boxes of photos were lost that my parents had shipped. So I don't have any photos like from when my parents were young or my grandparents. They're like very few. And I'm like, you brought the mouse over? It's such <laughs> a weird mouse. But, you know, I guess if it's like a good luck charm, obviously you'll bring it when you're immigrating too. Obviously it was country. good luck. They didn't lose it. Yeah. But I... <laughs> I Not good enough luck where they yeah. wouldn't lose anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They made it. That's true. I'm trying to look at the bright side. But he yeah. still has it. I, I, I FaceTime my dad and, and he like... You know how, I don't know if your parents do this, but he made a point of like going into the garage to show it to me. And I was like, I believe you. I know yeah. you yeah. still like, have no, it. No, no, no. Like, just you wait. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. losing connection. I'm like, dad, just no, come back. Yeah, my dad does that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's really funny. I asked him, I was like, guess which cartoon I chose thinking he'd guess right away. Because I do remember liking it a lot. He's like Murphy Brown. No, yeah, I wrote down his list. It was like, oh, he goes Simpsons. And he, they didn't let me watch The Simpsons. And it's they so, knew that you were doing it behind their backs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then he guessed uh, Jungle Book. And oh. then he guessed SpongeBob. And I was like, no, it's Tom and Jerry. And he goes, the ice cream? And I was like, sure, Dad. Oh, no. um, oh, but the reason I brought all this up is, so I think I always liked Jerry more than Tom. Mm-hmm. And I'm... I wonder, were you guys the same? Was it created for us to like Jerry because he's... But then re-watching it, I felt worse for Tom. Yeah, I was yeah. like, he's I at think, the butt of everything. I Are we still... Is it still like um, everybody wants to be Bugs, but everybody's Daffy? Yeah. <laughs> like last it, week? It's, it's very much that same yeah. dynamic of like... Yeah, as a kid, you're like, yeah... Jerry's uh, cool. Jerry's the best. He, he, like he always, gets out of all He always outsmarts him pickles. and figures shit yeah. out. Um, but as an adult watching them, I think you're right. I think that like you identify more with Jerry, who's like, uh, sorry, with Tom. Uh, wait, yeah, Tom the cat. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it, keeps it keeps happening. It keeps happening. We really? keep flipping. Oh god. Uh, you as an adult, uh, you identify more with Tom because it's like uh, he wants to do a thing and like. Uh, a, the world is against him and that yeah. fucking sucks. Like all yeah. he wants is to accomplish a very simple task. Yeah. And we see the, again, the emotional grounding of these characters, I think is what sets them apart. Cause it's like, you get his frustration. Yeah. Yeah. He's not as cartoony as a Looney Tunes character or, or like the other extreme would be like, a Tex Avery character where they're just like their eyes bulge and they move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you see the anguish in right. them. And I think that that, uh, yeah, I think that dynamic yeah. is what makes it. And since, as you said, they do these episodes like in the sandbox type, in this one 
place. You mm. just focus on them. Yeah. And so you're not like, ooh, I wonder where this action is going to take us because you know you're going to stay in that room. Yeah. So you're more focused on their reactions and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think segueing to the next one, <laughs> the Cat Concerto one. Ah, uh, yes. Is like, I love that one. It's taken, it takes place at a piano, the whole thing. The whole so it's thing. incredible. It was like, I, I really wa enjoyed watching it and I kind of did the same thing you did with the timing of it. It was about two minutes in before Jerry came in and before the episode, the seven yeah. minute episode started. It was two minutes of beautiful piano playing, yeah. Yeah. which was the Hungarian Rhapsody is what I... I feel My like they. Said it was. What, yeah, <laughs> watching this. Um, hey Siri. It's like, what what's that cat playing <laughs> on the piano? <laughs> That's what happened. I said, "Who is this?" Uh, um, she was like, "Oh, it's Tom in that episode." <laughs> I remember uh, this episode. This is like one of the classic Tom and Jerry's that I remember more than like the most. And I feel like when I was watching it, I'm just like, "Oh, did they just find like a seven-minute song and they're just like, yeah, it works we're gonna." Perfectly. We're just going to animate around, like, what can we do to, like, match up with the timing of this song mm. and how it can lead to just, like, big crashes of, like, Jerry beating the shit out of Tom and Tom beating the shit out of Jerry. Yeah. Uh, I just love how he, like, puts him in between the, like, uh, what are they called? The keys. Oh, the, the hammers. Yeah, the yeah. hammers. And it just starts, like, bringing him back and forth and beating the crap out of him at the same time. Um, I just love this episode. There's, yeah, this, yeah. I think this one was my favorite. There's a lot about it that I love. This one either won or was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, really? For, like, short animated. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. I like it a lot because, to me, it feels like the next logical step of the, like, the time-honored tradition of cartoons just being, like, the interplay between visuals and sound. Mm. Yeah. Like, the yeah. very first uh, sound cartoons, uh, I think Steamboat Willie is actually one of the very first. And, like, mm. that cartoon is just... People's, people losing their fucking minds because it's like, when he squeezes the duck, the duck makes a noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. very simple and like the, him like making music out of like what's around him. People yeah. are losing their shit. And so like for a very long time, that's all cartoons had to do. Yeah. And so this feels like a really cool homage kind of to like that's sort of where cartoons started and we're still doing it today, but like, look how sophisticated and mind blowing it yeah. is. You yeah. know what I mean? It is, it is incredible because you know, with classical music, it's just what it does to your mind and your body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, it does make you wonder if someone was listening to this song and they're like, I imagine a cat and mouse chase on the piano. Cause it is mm -hmm. so frantic and frenetic. Yeah. And it's, I don't understand. Look, well, I also I'm, hear this and I think of the, uh, dueling pianos and Roger Rabbit yeah. because this is the same song from that. So oh, yeah. a lot of classical yeah. music. I just remember cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, I look guys, you've got your book. I know, open. I know a lot yeah. about, I know a lot about cartoons. <laughs> I have no idea how they storyboarded this cartoon because it's so music based. Like how do they, can you explain for someone who's not, I mean, I know what a storyboard yeah. is, but mm -hmm. what about this specific one made it seem complicated? I heard Edgar Wright did this. Edgar Wright. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's like, uh, so much of it is uh, timed to specific things happening in this song. 
I like I don't even know how you would go about pitching this other than like acting it out during a story meeting, which I think is how a lot of this stuff was pitched. I certainly know that Walt Disney would do that a lot. So it, mm-hmm. with acting it out, how far do you think they took it? Like, I think they would like narrate and like move along with the music. Uh-huh. I like that must be what these pitch meetings have a looked piano like. There, where they have like a little stuffed <laughs> Maybe? mouse. I don't know, mm-hmm. but That'd like, cool. but like, yeah. Then when they storyboard it, like, did everybody on staff have to like know how to read music, or like, how did they break this down? I feel like they like how I would think that they would do it would be that they would play the song, mm-hmm. break it down by um, time, by for, second. Yes. They did use. Yeah. Uh, Exposure sheets. So I mean, they're which would like they're like, already spot for on with frame that. number X is mm-hmm. when this needs to happen. So yeah, that stuff I understand, but just like but I mean, like breaking it down and like having yeah. each section be like a different gag. So yeah, just like okay, we hear the music here. What can they do that matches up with this music? Like the crescendo parts, because it'll lead to it like seems a like such a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it seems so that's, hard. that's why they almost won an Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they'd actually get um, an Oscar for this. Let's just assume it did. I was it deserves say, one. We should find out, don't you think? Well, uh, is there a device that we can like the fucking internet? Okay. Oh, wait, we can do that, can't we? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Uh, hey, Siri. Should we all look? <laughs> did you, the cat concerto be... win an Oscar? Clandestine about it. Okay. Fuck Siri. You, Siri. <laughs> Uh, anyway, if sure. only we had a home pod, then we can just ask oh, it. Uh, then we'll get all the answers we need. Um, can I read to you of a thing? I'm holding a book of Mice and Men of Masters of Animation uh-huh. by John Grant. Uh, he has a funny thing, kind of going back a minute to what we were talking about, where he says. Uh, there's an interesting piece of psychological inversion involved. Although Jerry the mouse is the character we want to triumph over the much larger and often sadistic Tom, and we cheer him on uh, as he does so. In fact, it is Tom with whom we generally identify. The obsessed cat has all the foibles that we associate (laughs) with ourselves, and caricatures on the screen our own reactions to life's many frustrations to the clever plans of our own that go awry. It is Tom's cringe that you are likely to see people mimic, not Jerry's tiny strut. That's so funny. Yeah. I actually, when we were talking about who you identify and saying it switched, because he doesn't mention kids identifying. Yeah. And no. I do think a lot of kids would root for Jerry, because yeah. when you're a kid, anything's possible, and you want to win, and you want to be the best and smartest. Yeah. Um, and you're small, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone's big, and it's you against the adults. And so, it. I mean... Part of, I instantly am like, oh, wow, that's so deep and sad that your adult brain is like, I'm constantly being beaten up and pushed down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another part of me is like, that's just, I mean, I'm glad I'm, it would be weird if I was like, no, I'm not Jerry. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking doing great. Kick people in the shins. I don't care. I'll cut their fingers off. And also kind of conversely, like how much of a bummer would it be if, if you like met a child who was like, yeah, I feel like I'm more of a Tom. Uh, Everything's shit. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Each day it's a new foible. Uh, all of my foibles. <laughs> Kids um, and their foibles these days. Can you not make fun of my child? Like that? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but with this episode, I, I like this one was, although I really liked it, was trickier for me to assign meaning to outside of it. Be- Besides, like, it's just an incredible piece of work. Mm, yeah. But I did um, relate to it as a creative, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, all the obstacles you go through and how you have to... Because 
when I was watching it, I wasn't so familiar with the song to know how true to the original song it was. And I didn't know if it's like a cartoon remix, you know? <laughs> there's a part where he's kind of banging on the piano. Jerry and looks in the camera and goes, remix! <laughs> Sunglasses dropped yeah. down. Yeah. Um, but he's banging on the piano and it still sounds good, but you can tell that it's like, it's... Um, I don't know. The notes aren't perfect. Yeah. But so part of me was like, oh, that's for the cartoon because it's getting really wild and he's not hitting the correct notes. But now I think Mm -hmm. it might be in the song to show like this is when chaos explodes and not everything has to be perfectly hit. Um, That's in it. There is a part that they did cut and it was a little bit of an odd like uh, edit for it too. It may have just gone too long, mm-hmm. which was what I was thinking. I'm just like, oh, this might be a little bit over seven minutes, and they need to trim it down a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could tell there was a one part where they just skipped ahead, it looks like, to a more animated part and skipped like, something that was probably a little bit more boring right. yeah. uh, to just you keep it hiding. 15 minutes of this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just... pretty much. <laughs> yeah. oh, but the thing I love the most is both of them are doing their best to keep the song going mm-hmm. perfectly to the point where like Jerry knocks Tom away and Jerry just starts playing right. <laughs> and like plays from inside yeah, and then does a mashup and adds another song <laughs> to it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Just to fuck over uh, Tom I a little bit. I also love Jerry's entrance. I mean, sleeping. Up yeah, aside yeah. from sleeping, which is adorable. But then like when he does like get up, he just sort of sits on the piano and like is waving his finger back and forth, being like, "Ooh, piano music! I'll enjoy this yeah. for a minute." Well, thank that, you for serenading me. Yeah. That actually did get me to to laugh out loud because it did feel like a little cynical wink to the camera, like, "Oh, yeah. aren't you special? Yeah. Like, you just wait." And I love that it ends with. Uh, Jerry taking the credit for Tom's piano playing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where having a tuxedo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. It's uh, so funny. Him also, dancing on the keys triumphantly. Yeah. Also made me laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah. It's just perfect animation of him being a little asshole. Yeah. Watching it too, I was just so confused at why Tom was trying so hard to go at the pace that yeah. he was playing it. I'm just like. Dude, he's playing it. Just let him play it. <laughs> like he'll finish it. Take the credit for it. No, nope. it's great. Yeah. But you just exhausted yourself. Yeah. Right. Well, and then there's that part when his sleeves ripped off. That was I remember that so vividly. Yeah. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I don't know why I remember certain things like that. Yeah. There's um, also that great moment with his wardrobe at the very top of the cartoon mm-hmm. where he's being like very poison plague, and then like his entire yeah. his entire like sort of front piece, like the shirt and the tie and the collar all together, just sort of go like pop up, yeah, <laughs> and pop off, and he without opening his eyes or really addressing it, just like yeah, pushes it back. Push back, back. But they, yeah, no, there was, um, he played his intro and then the other instruments start off and he takes time to just fix stuff on him. And I'm just like, this is perfect. Like there's not a wasted second in this episode and I love it so much. They take those tiny moments to like, for lack of a better word, humanize Tom. Mm -hmm. Uh, The very first cartoon, when he steals the milk, Mm -hmm. when he opens the milk jar, I thought it was fascinating that they took the time to animate him licking the lid. Oh, interesting. And I was like, that's not a joke and like not really worth animating other than it's just sort of like real and charming. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. they, I feel like they take the time to do that with these characters. Because we all do that when we're in our kitchen by yeah. ourselves. Yeah. But you never think. It's just a 
Yeah, it's yeah. just a reflex you do. Yeah. It's like with Michigan J. Frog last week where he shows the guy going and getting his life savings from under from his bed. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a tiny little animation that adds so much more to yeah. the whole thing. My life savings itself. is in a sock under my bed. Yeah. Mine's in the mattress. <laughs> Nobody can go in my room <laughs> Damn after nice. I just said that. All right. Do you want to take a quick break? And <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, because... because it's animated and you have to draw every single frame, then like very rarely anything is by accident in a cartoon. So like all of these choices were made and thought about at least a little bit. So stuff like that is always interesting to me where I'm like, fuck, they took the time yeah. Yeah. to do a thing that's like not really a joke, but it's very interesting. I know we kind of touched upon whether or not there are any animations now that or any cartoons now that don't have any speaking dialogue dialogue um do you think that tom and jerry could exist now and for kids they do they're making they're they are currently making really is it not off the air i don't think they talk but i think they're surrounded by characters who do oh really this is i actually know a lady who's a storyboard artist on it i've never watched it Mm -hmm. i don't know what that show looks like Hmm. you know what else just occurred to me that since these were like shown before movies way back. Um, thinking about your parents and my parents, just immigrants coming over, them not having any dialogue makes these relatable to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of perfect all audience entertainment. Right. Yeah. It's not really for kids or adults. You don't have to yeah. know the you language. You get what's going really. on. Yeah. It's, univer- it's the universal language of a cat wanting a mouse. So yeah. why did cartoons then become inherently for kids? I think... Not inherently. Like, obviously, there's still people like you. Yes. Losers, yeah. But yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think Disney had a lot to do with that because yeah. he really... Uh, became known as the guy who retold uh, fairy tales. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he made Snow White, people were like, oh shit, this dude is making art. And then when Disney leaned into that for stuff like Fantasia, people were like, whoa, you're being pretentious and weird. We don't want to see this as art. We want more fairy tales. Uh-huh. And so Disney sort of begrudgingly actually was like, fine, I'll make, I'll like pump out a bunch of fairy tales. Interesting. That uh, doesn't seem to be part of his personality. Yeah. And all mm-hmm. I know about him is from you at work. Yes. <laughs> so I actually was talking about, uh, about Disney and, and I, this story will stick out in my head forever. You mentioned and correct me when I'm wrong. Um, Do but it. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. I know, I know I'm going to be wrong, but you mentioned that people were kind of cynical about like, how can I, how can I feel for basically pictures? You know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I want to watch a movie with real people. Yeah. Yeah. And so he drew the dwarfs, and then when they cry because Snow White is dead. Yeah. She, she's dead, right? Yes. Yeah, she <laughs> dies. She's poisoned and dead. Um, That's how that ends, right? They just fucking kill her? Yeah. <laughs> but then everyone is crying because yeah. they feel so bad for them, and that's kind of like the one of the first times he was able to prove how, like, cartoons can elicit a big emotion. Mm-hmm. It's such a great story. Yeah. I, never, mm-hmm. I mean, cartoons are so such a part of our life and our childhood that you never even think that anyone would be like, oh, I think this is a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's correct. The, the story, and who knows if this is true, the story that I've heard is that like, he uh, Disney couldn't enjoy the premiere because he was waiting for that scene. Because mm-hmm. like, to him, that was, uh, that was how he would know if they had succeeded or yeah. not. 
and just so then like feeding when he, on the tears of yeah, all of his, yeah exactly like, when ah. he like heard the sniffles around him he was basically like fuck yeah nailed off. it <laughs> I am king of an art form yeah he ripped his shirt off yelled Disney and walked out <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah yeah but I so I I think Disney is part of why it's sort of considered to be for kids. Also, like, kids would read comics. Comics are very yeah. similar to cartoons. And, and they have an easier time suspending disbelief, yeah. I would assume. And they're yeah. impressed by animated stuff more than adults who are yeah. just feeling pain of life. Yeah. And just, True. they're the toms of the world. Adults but, are like, oh, animation is hard. Yeah. It's bad for the back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is weirdly kind of the trajectory of... Uh, Joseph Hanna and William Barbera. William? That's right, right? Why am I looking uh, at you William guys? Bar- William I Barbera? think it's William Hanna. William Hanna, Joseph Barbera? I actually have no. You might be right. I, it was weird rewatching these. I remember the font. Yeah. Like the, so do I. Fred Quimby? For Quimby, the Q, yeah. <laughs> it just really stood out. It's so weird that it's these things you have in your mind yeah. that you don't access ever, and then... You're like, that shouldn't be in my mind. I don't need that cue floating around. It's also funny that Fred Quimby gets gets so like front and center credit because he like mm-hmm. just was the money dude and was like, are That's we... That's who everyone... Yeah. The money dudes <laughs> always get front and center that is true. credit. Yeah, but we also remember like production companies like that. I forget what the name of it was, but I always remember some guy typing up a sheet of paper and then pulling it off and throwing it into the air and it comes right into the frame. Just like that and Dick Wolf, like always. Yeah. <laughs> William Hanna, Joseph Barbera. Okay. You guys, I'm supposed to know these things and I don't. Oh, Ugh. I was right. Whoa. You were right. Maybe I should host this podcast. I think you're right. Uh, welcome well, aboard. <laughs> see you guys later. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> later, bitches. <laughs> there is one of the episodes ended and I think it said made in Hollywood, California. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we're from the suburbs of Chicago. Hollywood yeah. was this distant alien planet where... I didn't think it was real. Yeah. Yeah, where it was like... Cartoons play in the street and things yeah. are made. And it's so. I live in East Hollywood, and I'm like, this is so weird to watch this thing from my childhood and be like, oh, I live in this city that yeah. I, yeah. you know, it was a fake city. Like I didn't yeah. even after college, I moved to New York because I, I was like, I just knew Hollywood is not a real thing to me. I still sometimes. Keep, when I see that sign, ho baby. Ho yeah. baby. <laughs> no, I mean, I tell people too, like, um, just, I know Second City was a thing in Chicago, but I'd never gone to see it when I was there. I'd never seen, I had never really, like, gone and experienced any comedy there. And I'm just like, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, superstars do that. <laughs> like, yeah. people who aren't from Chicago yeah. can do that. It, it is weird always explaining, like, you know, I studied journalism in college and I started doing stand up. And it took me six years to pursue a, a career in comedy because I was like, I didn't know there were such things. And, yeah. You know, I'm glad the path I took. But, you know, I moved out here when I was 26. And so I'm like, oh, if I had started a little earlier, yeah, maybe I wouldn't be getting I coffee. got out here in like 28, too. So, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Same thing. And I'm still doing very little with comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... David, you moved here when you were like two, so yeah. why are you sitting at a table? Yeah, get like, on it, If I knew when I was two that... <laughs> um, You're still looking for Toontown. You know it's around here. Yeah, I'm going to find it one of these days. <laughs> Pretty sure it's through a tunnel. You, yeah. You get there. Better you keep breaking walls to try and see it behind it. <laughs> um, uh, we had one more cartoon on here, didn't we? We do? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. T for two. It was the last one that I watched, and uh, I was very tired. <laughs> I think it would, might have been my least favorite. I think so, too. It's That's funny. why we don't want to talk one, about it. <laughs> this one feels like the clearest line between like 
Tom is the audience surrogate. Like we, uh, I'm sure that there are a lot of adults watching this cartoon when it came out that were like, oh, I also am not good at golf. <laughs> and I find it frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It starts with him in a hole. Yeah. Like yeah. Just <laughs> hitting mud out of the hole. Uh, what yeah. a bummer. <laughs> I also like he's the only one playing and he's still deciding on if he should cheat on his scorecard. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is a moment I loved where yeah. he cheats and then it cuts to Jerry who like, tisks him and then he adds... 33. Yeah, yeah. 33. I wrote that down. 3 to 33. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that mouse he's trying to kill is like morally <laughs> superior yeah no 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 we're doing this right <laughs> uh yeah i agree this one doesn't feel as strong correct me if i'm wrong but this is one of the few ones where like a gag will happen and then it will fade to black and then it will just <laughs> restart of, it'll be like a time jump or something yeah, yeah. and i feel I... like the others are way more linear with the action i think so um, well, golf games are long, dude. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I wanted a, like, how long is a golf game? A couple I hours. You guys, none of us know. Last two hours. It took me four and a half a hours. long time. I yeah. wanted a four, <laughs> four and a half hour grounded cartoon <laughs> of this cat being very bad at golf. That's all yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah. Too, mu- too much going on. I do remember the bees, though. Ooh. Yeah, I remember that, oh, too. Oh, God. Going into his mouth. Yeah. Gross. Through a funnel. Through a straw. Oh, God. Yeah. Shit's rough. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty crazy. This is the closest uh, uh, Jerry gets to being a Looney Tunes character who is, like, always in control 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's being a little more cocky in this one than I think the other ones. Yeah. yeah. This one, it was, maybe that's why it, when it ended, I was like, I'm a Tom girl. Because <laughs> he was just... Yeah, it was kind of with the like doghouse building. Tom yeah. was just trying to play golf, and yeah. Jerry's just <laughs> ruining his day. Yeah, and so I really felt for him and was annoyed with Jerry. It was very much just playing up stereotypes of those animals, where just like, especially the one that I saw with um, Spike, Tom, and Jerry. It's just like Spike only gets mad at Tom because <laughs> yeah. he's a cat. Jerry doesn't try to interact with Spike at all because he's still like a big like a big animal yeah. but he still like engineers it to have Spike destroy Tom yeah. every time and yeah I don't know it was just uh, I like their dynamic <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chuck Jones later did a bunch of Tom and Jerry cartoons I was gonna say like in the 50s or 60s and for some reason they don't work Really, mm. and I think it's because like his approach is a little less character based. Well, that's not that's not the right way to put it, but like basically, I think you know Chuck Jones was very good at the refillable nature of like a Roadrunner cartoon, mm-hmm. where where it's just like a little less grounded. Maybe is the right way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck Jones also admitted later in life he was like, yeah, I wasn't very good at those. I don't know. <laughs> that's so. Weird. Yeah. And it seems, I wonder if it's because it seems so simple. I wonder how deep into these conversations they got. Like if they took each episode and broke down what was happening and how people feel about it, how kids react, how adults react. Oh, that's what I was going to say about uh, Hannah and Barbera is they created these characters at MGM and then MGM like apparently was brutal with uh, notes, with uh, uh cutting things for financial reasons and mm. they had just straight up got rid of their animation department. They were like, Tom can't have teeth. Tom can't have teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Crash with a hammer. You don't have the budget for teeth. <laughs> yeah. Break um, his teeth with a hammer. <laughs> um, but so MGM owned the characters and so uh, Hannah and Barbara were sort of like, fuck, what do we do now? And they 
Uh, I think that because they always lived in fear at MGM of like money being the reason they lost their baby, mm-hmm. what they ended up doing is sort of like creating the cheapest form of animation for television possible. And that's why we have Flintstones and the Jetsons mm. and like all sorts what of... What is that form? It's just like reusing a lot of animation yeah. characters, barely moving except oh, for their I mouth. See. Yeah. Um, so they like weirdly went from these like groundbreaking groundbreaking animation legends creating a very iconic cat and mouse cartoon to, to just assembly like line assembly line yeah bottom line like how do we keep pumping these out yeah. uh, were the other animations like the flintstones and jetsons groundbreaking in their own way i mean obviously they're yeah i mean mm-hmm. they, they were still like very well written it, it sort of shifted the focus to that and mm-hmm. just sort of like we now make uh, cheap family drawn sitcoms like yeah. so so like they yeah they definitely were still breaking new ground in that respect but in terms of like animation as an art form that sort of got pushed aside and they were like okay but how do we sustain this in a tv era mm-hmm. um and they figured it out which which makes them Good cool dudes them. but yeah. it also meant that they were like I don't. I don't remember bit. them for Tom and Jerry. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. I this. I, I immediately go to the Flintstones for them. Yeah, that's true. That or the uh, like Snidely Whiplash. Yes. The chase. The uh, the wacky racers. Yeah. Scooby Doo. Oh, so, okay. oh yeah, Scooby Doo. That's too. them. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They it's, did so much. Yeah. yeah. No, it felt very much like their shows were just like it was like I was watching Gilligan's Island or I was watching. Just like anything that's on Nick at night, because that's what raised me. So it's a lot of like just short, predictable stuff. Uh, It was still good. With laugh tracks. Yeah. Cartoons with laugh tracks. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we'll make this. And, you know, parents can enjoy it with their kids, too, because their kids are just going to force them to watch it anyway. So, yeah. It's an interesting evolution. It's sad that money got in the way of their creativity, especially when they... They proved that they wouldn't abuse the money. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They, yeah. They're like, we need this money to do the, these kind of game-changing animations. And they're like, nah. No, let's yeah. sell out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I always, I mean, I, I kind of romanticize creativity where I'm like, if you're really good, you don't need money. You'll figure out a way to tell your story through whatever means you have. But that story is like, ah, maybe yeah. money is nice. To- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, to their credit, they figured out how to do animation on a t- TV budget and, like, kind of set the bar for that. Um, they could have done other stuff. I mean, they could have used it to, yeah. to like, f- fund passion projects. But, I mean, they decided they're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Like, this town sucks. Let's- yeah. They basically were like, how do we keep afloat and still make cartoons? And they yeah. figured it out. But it's, yeah, it's weird. Listen. It's a weird evolution. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're writers of the shitty movies. They're like the, like, very stupid movies that come out and there are like 13 of them. And yeah. it's just like, oh, this will appeal to middle America. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just like. There so, is a part of me that finds, like, I feel this way watching Rocky and Bullwinkle, which wasn't Hanna-Barbera. But like, I, watching those very cheap cartoons, I kind of find inspiring sometimes because I'm like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I definitely have the resources yeah, to do something do that, that looks like yeah. this. Yeah. And they like you still have to be creative to know how to work with that budget and still animate a scene. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there's still like creative problem solving. It just isn't as beautiful as Cat Concerto. Yeah, I this is kind of uh 
a tangent, but it's not. It'll all come together. I took <laughs> billiards class for a little bit with my dad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, when I was young, because my dad, my dad will get obsessed with certain things and then become really good at it. Mm. Um, and I remember, like, I started reading about billiards. I watched on TV. I had Jeanette Lee was my favorite, uh, the Black Widow. She's a great oh pool player. <laughs> um, but it was funny. We'd go to this bar, and it was like, all, it was just smoke. It was, and it was after the smoking ban, but guys <laughs> just smoked in there. And then I yeah. would do four-hour classes with my dad. That's great. How old Jesus. were you? I was like 12 or That's 13. amazing. Is that when yeah. you became a pool shark? Yeah. Okay. Well, it is, it is like... Uh, moving even further away from cartoons like it's funny i went to a bar once and i asked a guy if i could play against him and he's like okay let me teach you how to hold the cue and i was uh. like sure sir and i kicked his ass you know <laughs> it was great it was like very validating don't but, people put money on these yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like oh i just thought of this crazy idea um i have two hundred dollars here in my back pocket oh uh, it was gonna be for college stuff <laughs> yeah. but oh, yeah but um <laughs> But I remember it was either in the class or in a book. It said, if you're a good pool player, because my dad bought really nice cues that he loved. Mm. And like, I couldn't hold certain ones because they're oh like, yeah. And um, he, if you're a really good pool player, you can beat people with the broomstick. Yeah. So I like. Always you played with that. a broomstick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I was like, what's well, a cue? Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of the same with, yeah. you know, being a, if you're a really good creative person, you can get eyes on your art through any yeah. means yeah but it helps to have the nice marble you know yeah is it a chicago thing too because like i used to go to pool halls like, really, really? I, I had a pool cue uh you had your own fancy one that marina couldn't touch uh <laughs> yes uh no it was it was more so like my friends would go out and pl i had like friends that were a little bit older than me uh, -huh. uh and they would go and play pool a lot and like they all had cues and i'm just like how old I'm were you i was just like end of high school Wow, there's yeah. a lot of young pool players in Chicago. Yeah, uh, we got a, a lot of bars game. in Chicago. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Maybe that's more. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and yeah, you want to. Oh, I also just realized you grew up watching Cheers. Yeah. In Chicago, so you were like, "Oh, this is this is what all of America looks like." What in Boston, mean? just like a lot of it's in Boston. Yeah, but like a lot of bars going oh, to them with oh, your dad yeah. as like well. Not yeah. Knowing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I also watch Roseanne, and I'm just like, oh, families are broken. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just did, like mine. <laughs> I did wonder recently if I went into journalism because of Murphy Brown. I was oh, just like, yeah. that's what women do. <laughs> they kick ass and have kids by themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then get taken off the air. I'm pretty sure that's like what caused Murphy Brown a different might be coming book. back. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. And your parents saw it, and they're just yeah. like, Marina. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, she, she's a hell of a lady to... Well, I guess I felt the same way, too, because I got raised with Mary Tyler Moore because she was oh, in yeah. journalism, too. Yeah. Women are great at journalism. Let's good, be honest. Delicate risk, good writers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what's that book? Dave, you David's haven't talked at all about this now. book. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> you guys were talking about uh, Middle America, and I don't give a shit. It's hard for me to think about Tom and Jerry without thinking about Stephen Milhauser's book, Dangerous <laughs> Laughter, which uh -huh. is a collection of short stories, but he did a fucking weird thing of cartoons? where he <laughs> opens it with what he calls an opening cartoon. That is him very, uh, like dryly going through like what a Tom and Jerry cartoon essentially looks like. Really? It's him like, if I may. 
<clears throat> Opening cartoon. The cat is chasing the mouse through the kitchen between the blue chair legs over the tabletop with its red and white checkered tablecloth that is already sliding in great waves past the sugar bowl falling to the left and the cream jug falling to the right over the blue chair back down the chair legs across the waxed and butter yellow floor. The cat and mouse lean backward and try to stop on the slippery wax. It's like a very... What the it's hell is account? It's kind of beautiful, though. It is beautiful. And then he does that for pages... And then we'll be like, uh, fuck, let me find it. Then he'll like get it to, he'll like go into the brain of one of the characters. Uh, let's see. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so this is like three or four pages into this. <laughs> the mouse understands that the clownishly inept cat has the freedom to fail over and over again during the long course of an inglorious lifetime while he himself is denied the liberty of a single mistake. It is highly <laughs> unlikely, of course, that he will ever be guilty of an error since he is much cleverer than the cat and immediately sees through every one of his risable stratagems. Still, <laughs> might not the very knowledge of his superiority lead to a relaxation of vigilance that will prove fatal in the end. After all, he is not invulnerable. <laughs> and like, it will go for paragraphs and then be like, anyway, he runs through a door and it makes a mouse-shaped hole. <laughs> what the fuck? What Wait, who is this guy? Steven Milhauser. I'm not familiar. How uh, old good. were you when you read this? College. Uh, and it blew my mind. This is, that's crazy. It's crazy. But like, Tom and Jerry always makes me think of this. And because like, we just sort of naturally started talking about the weird psychology of this cat and mouse, and yeah. this short story proves to me that like They're, it's a thing that's always there in the background right. in these cartoons. Yeah, it is interesting because I, I mean, if I didn't come on this podcast, I would have never thought twice about it. I would have been like, mm -hmm. hey, I liked watching it in the den when I was little, yeah. and now rewatching it is just like such a pleasure and a weird experience. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not very, I mean, you're so hyper-connected to cartoons and, you know, the history of them and all this kind of stuff. And part of, I mean. Yes. Yes, go on. Well, I was like recently watching, oh, I've been watching Community hmm. and I was, I was watching it with my fiance and he's like, I can't watch stuff anymore after moving here. Cause he's like, I know that that's the Paramount soundstage. You know? <laughs> he's like, they're not at college and they shot some scenes at LACC where we yeah. live near. Uh -huh. So it's like hard to watch things so part of me is like would it be better to keep tom and jerry in my child mind right jerry's the best and it's a great cartoon that i watch with my family or is it like useful to re-watch these things and with a new lens of adulthood and yeah. be like tom's really screwing over or you know he's like what a good premise for a podcast to revisit cartoons from our chat let's get on top but are we ruining them and revisiting them i think not i think it's cool to like find new things to appreciate about them mm -hmm. some of them we can some of them yeah unless yeah. you like rewatch a cartoon and they're like oh no this is garbage this was <laughs> yeah. yeah but we've been more surprised than yeah. not yeah i feel like on the, yeah on the opposite end of that i do wonder did the creators of Tom and Jerry know that there was this poetic beauty to what they were doing? Or were they like, what's the funniest way to knock his teeth out in this episode? I think it's the second. I don't yeah. know if it was very philosophical. Yeah, I, it is probably the second. Mm. But I also think that they obviously cared a lot. Mm -hmm. So like maybe maybe it wasn't as overt as like what we're doing is poetry, yeah, a uh, uh, visual poetry. But but I do think it was them like very much caring about the craft and like the timing mm -hmm. and 
Yeah, I feel like it was a group mind that was just like what them getting together and brainstorming. I'm guessing led to a lot of just laughing of just like no, and then we got to have him do this. Yeah, just like but what we got to have him hand the gun back to the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like but we got to show like how terrified they both are yeah. at the same time. So I think it it didn't directly get into it, but I think like. Like the showrunners probably just like okay we need to get this done and all yeah. the the rest of the writers are just like yeah but let's tweak this a little bit and get it to be a masterpiece yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean the characters at a certain point will take on lies of their own so yeah. you know yeah. how Tom will react to they're something still or Jerry. making Tom and Jerry cartoons I can't believe that there are direct two DVD movies one of the more oh, recent I have seen. one of the more recent ones was Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka. I don't know why it was made. I don't know what they did with that. But Properties it's like, in the same universe. There's still a thing. Well, I mean, Marvel. It's like yeah. it's comic book characters and worlds colliding, which I'm sure is interesting when you're so baked into one world to like mm-hmm. see it meet another world. I just don't care about that stuff. I heard Tom and Jerry are going to be in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in the background. Though, yeah. Chasing, each other. <laughs> chasing each other. I would love that. Yeah. If MGM still existed, RIP, <laughs> I would love it if just like every now and then they were running in the background. <laughs> we can hope for it. Yeah. Uh, Jabrina. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh Thank my gosh, you so much. it was such a pleasure. Yeah. Please, please plug. Uh, I heard that you fucking wrote a fucking book. Or you shit? heard that yeah. from who? Uh, from you. All from the time. working with me for two <laughs> years while I wrote it and was like, I'm never getting it done. <laughs> yeah, it's almost done. Um, I wrote a book Ooh. called Thirty Before Thirty, and it was uh, it's uh, comedic essays of my attempt to get thirty life goals done before I turned thirty, which was in January. Oh, um, and spoiler alert. Can, can we do spoiler spoilers? Alert. Yeah. You can. Did you accomplish this? I actually thing? didn't because I... Just like life. I know, exactly. Yeah. I get, You can't win everything. Um, I want to be likable. <laughs> right, guys? Am I right? Um, so well, that, you started writing this book like six months before you turned 30. You're just like, I need to get all I these mean, goals basically, done. Basically, it was... Well, when I sold the proposal, I was so obviously so excited. It was the biggest thing to ever happen to me. And then I realized I also had about... 20 goals I had to get done. I was like, what have I done to myself? Um, and that led you going to Russia. Yeah. So I visited Russia for the first time since my family left, which was very cool. And I found a lot of old photos, which I was like, this is gold. Um, was this in 2016? No, it was last year. Okay. I know. <laughs> um, why do you ask? It was very weird. I, the reaction was when I said I was visiting Russia, everyone was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like... Uh, my Red Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and that comes out. When is this coming out? It's either the uh, book is out and it's a failure or it's a big success. How about when's your book coming out? <laughs> that might be July twenty fourth. This will be before then. Yeah. Oh. So pre-order that pre-order book. Pre-order the book. Pre-order that book. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and Indie Books. Please use something <laughs> other than Amazon. Ooh. I was told oh. to. That's interesting. To plug yeah. anything It's also Amazon. good to know because now I won't use Amazon. Yeah, I did. I'm going to buy it on all of them. But it is so, it, it totally makes sense because other publishers are supporting me and I want mm-hmm. to like definitely give them attention. And I am a huge, voracious reader and I want 
you know there to be as many places to buy books as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, I feel the weight of supporting Barnes and Noble, <laughs> like please. And I went on there to buy it from there, and it was like, please enter your uh, address and your credit card. I was like, I don't have time to do uh, this. What is this? <laughs> um, uh, but, just went straight to Amazon. Yeah. yeah, I think if if you love books, you should definitely attempt to buy from other places. And you could visit my Twitter page at Marina versus Tweets. Look at me plugging away. Plugging yeah. <laughs> Uh, my Facebook page, I will accept your friend request. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, dangerous. That's and dangerous. And <laughs> I trail around David a lot. So, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank Fucking you for, for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming Thanks on. Thanks for doing it. Uh, I'm glad we got to tackle Tom and Jerry. Yeah. I forgot how important it was to I know. Yeah. It's what just. Do people do, what do, kind of cartoons do people bring to the table? Everybody's Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. No. Everybody wants Batman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's a lot it's, of difference. It's been all over the place. Our last guest was Looney Tunes, which mm-hmm. was awesome. That's kind of a great. I mean, yeah. no segue. wonder you guys kept referencing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I figured it, but so they sorry. do go together. Yeah, I'm sorry that we. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Looney Tunes, uh, uh, yeah, it's been all. We did I think our next Animaniacs, Animaniacs with Ducktales. Mm. Yeah, I did du- Ducktales a while That's ago. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Darkwing Duck, I think, is our next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me know when you do SpongeBob. You want to do SpongeBob? You want to come back? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I do want to come back for sure. I like, really like SpongeBob a lot. It'll be good to force me to watch it because I do not like SpongeBob. You don't like it? No. I don't have any like sentimental stories tied to it. Your dad thinks you do. Yeah. (laughs) It was very important. My dad mixed me up with my brother because my brother, he's 21 Mm -hmm. um, and I'm 30. And so I think SpongeBob was his like era. It was, uh, we've talked about this on the podcast before. They're definitely nin- uh, Nickelodeon uh, generations. Yeah. And mm-hmm. SpongeBob was like a clear next generation that yeah. started. Because uh, before that was like Doug, yeah. uh, Rugrats. It's been interesting to see yeah. what yeah. generation oh, kid, like, I also feel like we're seeing a divide between like, I just watched Cartoon Network or I just watched mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. Very oh, much. interesting. Yeah. Or like no cable, well, like watching Saturday morning cartoons on like Channel 7 yeah. in Chicago. There is There was like a very specific long time period where my parents didn't let me watch TV. Same so, here. Have yeah. we bonded over this? No. That's strange that we haven't. No. I, I miss like five years of television. Yeah. Seinfeld and Friends was around that period. Out of nowhere, just like one day, my dad was like, uh hey, you should go like Channel 2 or whatever. I think there's a cartoon on you'll like. And I was like, why now after a childhood of you not letting me watch anything but PBS? Yeah. What did I do to you? Yeah. Uh, insane. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also had a crush on Hey Arnold, so I would... I we would, talked about Hey Arnold, the hey movie Arnold oh, that really? just came out. Um, yeah, I am friends with a guy whose dad worked on it. I think he might have written on it or something. He was um, also on author, Arthur, mm. which is oh. coming back. Is it? That's Everything. funny. I feel, Everything's like, I feel like those shows are similar for some reason. Just, yeah. like, yeah. just like nice young boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice young boys. Not intimidating. Yeah. Um, you know the Tom and Jerry that I always remember is the like least popular? Because it's very weird. It's like the 70s one. And I don't know if you guys, it feels like it. (laughs) They're groovy as fuck. (laughs) But a lot of them are like, it's a different art style. They're all like on space stations. What? What? Do you not know this? No. You should know. Like they're all like. You of all people, David. There's been so many iterations of Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Super psychedelic. Like the music's really weird. Uh, And I just remember watching going like, what is going on? Damn. But I love watching this Ooh, okay uh and then classic tom and jerry <laughs> like yeah. both so of those good. are where i go to 
Um, oh, I'd also like to plug Queer Eye for this great <laughs> Netflix. It's Which like, is where you'll be going right We started after this. recording yeah. this podcast late because uh, you recounted every episode <laughs> of this. I season. watched five hours last night, <laughs> and it was, it was uh, very hard on my body today. You're I, dehydrated, yeah. right? Yeah, you cried I'm so very, much. <laughs> and I'm also a gay man now. Um, <laughs> I know I asked to sc- scrap Tom and Jerry and talk <laughs> about talk Queer about, Eye, yeah, but you guys yeah. were not into it. So uh, sorry. We're going to record another one. Uh, it's TBQ. Uh, it's our new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> talking, <laughs> yeah. talking, talk, uh, throwback, throwback Queer, queer Eye. Eye? Yeah. Yeah. We only watch previous TBQ-y. seasons. <laughs> Got to add that uh, E on there. Thank you so much, Jabrina. Thank, thank you so you. much. Where can people find you, David? Oh, I'm we on... We haven't done this in a while. We haven't yeah. done... We yeah. haven't plug plugged your, ourselves. Plug yeah. yourselves. I'm on Twitter, at David Kantrowitz. Yeah, you just released some stuff. Too. Yeah, but when is this coming out? Uh, Whatever. Like, <laughs> like March. Uh, I took a week doing five pages of a comic book every single day. So at the end of it, I have a 35-page comic that it's I put up on the internet. It's a very funny comic. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you can read it at... Wizard and gnome comic dot tumblr dot com. Thank God Tumblr has a theme for web comics. They do. Yeah. Oh, that must uh, have made it easy it's to fucking awesome upload. Um, but yeah, I made that. Go it's read great. it. Thanks, um, you have prints up too. You just started your from your uh, daily drawings. Oh, I I only printed those to sell those at the oh. UCB art thing. How okay. much money did you make? Uh, I, that is <laughs> well, happening no tomorrow, t- so I'll let you know. Oh, okay. yeah, but this is me. airing in the future. This airs so in the future. We're so at a time good. paradox. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> so I'll tell yeah. you in the future. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and you can find me at Nerdy Batman. Same as usual. Very low note. I what? just connected some dots, and I need to talk to you about burgers. Okay. <laughs> Do you eat burgers? Yes. Do you Instagram about it? Yes. Did you go to a secret burger spot in East Hollywood? Uh, that's called uh, uh, Burgers Never Say Die? Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't believe we're finding this out. You guys, okay. we can't talk about this on uh, air. Yeah. We can't talk about Have this a, on air. Uh, thanks for listening to me. Have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for cutting our podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Let's wrap this up. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, Goodbye, uh, bitches. <laughs> Bye. Hi, I'm Winston. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of a new podcast on Campfire Media called Try It, You'll Like It. And on our podcast, we have our guests eat a food they hate one last time. And we have so many crazy yes. We got amazing chefs. We have killer comedians. Bakers. Candlestick makers. Distillers. Brewers. Food writers. Oh, they're Ooh. writing about food. Ooh, they're probably having some food while they're writing about that yeah, food. because we're eating food, and they're eating food, and you're listening to It Happen. All you ASMR heads enjoy. Chomp, chomp. So check it out every Thursday. Thursday at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Mmm, that was good. Campfire.